So uh, open up your Bibles. That's just a key. That's just a key thing to do right there. Oh, just open them up. Okay. We're going to be jogging through the scriptures today. Uh, not just in First Peter. In fact, we're not going to be in First Peter today, but we are going to be in our Bibles. I, I was going down the list earlier of things that are going on. You have riots going on. You have uh, churches uh, getting the very least hassled uh, by our government. Um, you still got the coronavirus. I don't know if you know that's still going on. Uh, we're up to 500 cases here in Tehachapi. Uh, I don't know what that includes, if that includes, you know, prisoners that have come into our community, have gotten a place here. Um, it's, in, it's interesting, uh, um, people spend, a lot of people that you don't, you don't realize have lived in Tehachapi, have lived in Tehachapi, they just have been in the prison. Uh, and that kind of is part of our community, has been, been so for a very long time. Uh, so we have 500 cases. Uh, we've been in quarantine for four and a half months. Uh, and I, I, I don't want to say with no end in sight, but with no end in sight. Um, uh, we still have uh, people in our church uh, that are on the front lines of being a part of that. We have people in the uh, medical profession, uh, nurses, doctors, and people in the hospitals. Um, not just in Tatchby here, but down in Bakersfield. We have uh, uh, police officers that are uh, involved in things. We have firefighters that uh, are part of uh, transporting people and working with the hospitals. Uh, we have teachers, teachers that are trying to figure out how to do school, uh, Zoom school, um, and other uh, methods there that are... Um, you know, that's a big deal, going back to school in the, these days. Uh, and others, and others that are, are struggling. And uh, those of you who, I think that, uh, I think the other piece that's probably a little rough too is if you people have called you non-essential. <laughs> that's hard to take, you know. I've known it for a while for myself, but uh, for people to just say it like that, I don't like it. Um, non-essential. And if that's not all, um, Brandon knows too much about the news and he gets too many updates. He sent me an um, update that said we might get our power turned off on Tuesday because it's going to be too hot or whatever, uh, what's going on. So going back to third world country type things again. Um, I, I know I, I smile when I say these, but I know they're all aggravating for us and um, not just the inconvenience of it, but rather uh, what we wonder if it means. Um, and we wonder if there's an agenda of somebody somewhere, them, they, whoever they are, um, that are um, somehow, yeah, what, what this means for us. And which makes for us this morning a weary people, uh, maybe even a discouraged church, confused about what's next. And I, I just want to say, uh, me too, me too. I'm with you. Um, I, uh, I ride a roller coaster of emotions in my own heart. I am not, uh, you know, I, I try to think through uh, who I am and what uh, God wants me to be, uh, both for my family and uh, as a as a follower of Christ and as a, a leader in this church. 
Uh, all these things affect me as well. And I, I just want to walk you through this morning some of my thoughts as they relate to the word of God, the word of God. Um, do you have your Bibles here? Do you have your Bibles here? If you have your Bibles, put them up. I, I warned you last week that you need your Bible because they might turn the power off on us. I didn't realize I was talking about this week, uh, but, um, uh, you know, it could be, yeah, it could be a Sunday morning. So that's why I'm telling you, you get a Bible and so on and so forth. Um, you know, your phones may not work someday. Okay. I'm not scolding you. I'm just warning you. Uh, your Bibles, your Bibles, they should be uh, the thing that you run to in the midst of hearing uh, from crazy people. And that might be your own thoughts. Okay. Uh, the crazy people that you probably shouldn't listen to, or maybe might be yourself. You know, you might not, uh, might be a healthy thing not to listen to your own thoughts, but uh, you need to hear from God. You need to hear from God and, and think through how to apply what God has said uh, to the situations and the things that you're struggling with. Um, and so this right here is truth in the midst of lies. I think that that's the most frustrating thing. And uh, as I look at uh, Rebecca and I and uh, others that I've talked to, uh, we're getting to the place where we don't trust anybody. Uh, in fact, in some ways, when you, you hear something, uh, the mere fact that you heard it uh, makes some of you think, oh, it must not be true. Uh, because they're just feeding us lies. Uh, and we, we, we're starting to feel that way as a, as a country. And so I just want to encourage you uh, that God's word is truth in the midst of lies. It's truth. You can count on it. Um, it's something that you can uh, build your life on, uh, build your marriage upon, your family, the generations to come. I know uh, some of you grandparents, uh, you feel like your job right now is to sit home and worry about your grandkids. Um, I want to encourage you that uh, that's, not the, that's not the play, <laughs> you know, that's not the response, but rather uh, to think through how the word of God would apply to them and encourage them about that in ways that are gentle and kind and gracious and true. Um, that's our role now. So anyways, uh, I want to tell you why too, even as before we get going on my list this morning, um, the scripture is the inspired word of God. It's not a man-made book. I, I know that that's what the unbelieving world would say about the scriptures. It's just a man-made book. It was written by uh, men. And, you know, in, in our world today, anything written by men should not be listened to, right? Um, but I should just pass on that one. Anyways, uh, but this is the inspired word of God, meaning, as it says in Second uh, Timothy 3, it talks about the, it, it's God breathed. It was breathed through men that they would write in such a way uh, that would be not just their words, but it would be from God, from God. And so we have confidence uh, even if all others would lie to us, we realize that the word of God can be trusted. Uh, it says in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says this. And, and this is the reason we need to go to it. It, it says this, ver, chapter 1, verse 3, 2 Peter. Uh, seeing that his divine power, and there, there's a couple words I want to pull out here. It's a very uh, impactful verse. Um, 
seeing that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. A couple of things there uh, that you should be reminded that God has given us, he's granted us everything that we need for today. Everything to be the godly people that he wants us to be. He's granted us everything. Sometimes we get fatalistic and you say, I can't act right right now because of what's going on. Because of the way the government's acting, because of the coronavirus, because of my finances, because of whatever, I can't act right. If everything was changed, I could, I could pull this off. And he says, no, he's granted us everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness. And it's through something, through our knowledge of him, that we would know him, we would have everything that we would need uh, to be the people that God wants us to be. I shared with you earlier, just briefly, I said 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Many of you know this verse, these two verses. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped uh, for every good work. I want you to get this, that the word of God is inspired by him. It's from him. It's that God breathed a message for us. And what does it do? It does a bunch of things for us. And the end result is what? That we would be equipped, that we would be ready, ready for whatever comes. Well, what's going to come? I don't know. But whatever comes, how can you be equipped? I want to tell you it's the word of God. To be equipped for every good work, for every day that comes, uh, for everything that we need, uh, the word of God is it. Uh, I want to tell you um, that your internet research uh, will not help you for the days ahead. Your internet research. Uh, Some of you want to... play trivial pursuit with the news right now, right? And I want to just encourage you, it's trivial because it changes every day. And what what you heard uh, just two days ago is obsolete already. And it's being eclipsed each day. And I want to tell you the thing that will be helpful to you to be equipped for the days ahead is right here. It's right here. And so uh, this is what we're talking about today. I want to give you seven verses uh, that encourage and equip my heart this morning. Seven verses, okay? Um, I know I've heard this from quite a few people, and maybe you've thought it in the last week. Um, the, the reality is, from this virus, we quarantined too early, right? Uh, we got on board too early. We were early adopters, and that's always a bad idea, right? Um, and even, even as I think about some of the things I shared early in our quarantine, and I, I realized those were timely at the time, and we, we were thinking, yeah, we'll just get through it. It'll, it'll be 21 days of chaos, right? It's been a lot longer than 21 days, and like I said, with no end in sight. So some of this will be a review, but I, I want to be very personal with you in saying this, that uh, I need the Word of God. I need it. Um, it's not, you know, uh, if I'm a doctor, these are the same things that I seek for myself, 
for myself. This isn't something that you're the patient and I'm the doctor and uh, you deserve something, and, but I, I don't need it. But that's not it at all. Um, we've talked about this many times at Bear Valley Church that uh, if I'm a shepherd, I'm a sheep-like shepherd, right? I'm down on all fours with you. And so I, I just want to walk you through some, uh, just seven this morning. I had to trim down my le- list, right? And I had to group some things together and uh, do some tricky truck trading to get this list down to seven. I was going to go 10, but then it would have went too long, okay? Um, but I could have gone 20 if you wanted me to, you know, and maybe we'll just make this the 100 verses and we'll just, it'll be a series or something. I don't know. No, I won't. Uh, but seven verses that encourage and equip my heart. And maybe even these can be the chart for you this week, uh, verses that you can go through, that you can write down, that you can seek after. Or maybe uh, for you, you're making your own seven verses for this week. Uh, I don't know what this is. I don't know what the Lord wants you to do, but I trust that God would use his word in us now. Let me pray just for that, that God would use his word in us. God, um, you know what, what's going on in each one's heart today. And uh, God, we um, are fragile people, um, even fickle people that we uh, can be doing so great and be strong in, in our own minds in a moment and then go to worry and uh, sin and failing in the next. And so, and God, we uh, ask that you would help us to uh, enjoy your word now, that it might strengthen and equip us, that it would be everything that we need that really not just the words, but the relationship that we have with you and the loving words of, of a God who loved us so much that would come to us and that would be food for our soul, strengthening us for the days ahead. God, glorify yourself in your church, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, uh, number one, number one, Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10. Um, taking notes, maybe just jot this down and then uh, listen. Uh, Isaiah forty-one ten says this, and uh, this is just one of, I would guess, hundreds of verses that share the same truth. Hundreds. Um, it says, "Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you." I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not. Uh, I think of the shepherds that were lying in the field and the angels visited them. And uh, what did the angels say? Why? Because they were scared. You know why they were scared? Because they wanted to be. It seemed like the thing to do at the time. It seemed like the best uh, mode of ha- the action that should be taken. And, and you say, well, you know, it's just angels. It should have been. Uh, come on. If you're laying out in the field, you know, dreaming about sheep or playing cards or s- dozing off or whatever you were doing. And then angels appeared and you'd never seen angels appear in the sky before. And they spoke to you. You say, I would have just been cool. I would have just been cool. Um, some of you uh, like to play it cool, even like you're chill and you're smart and you, you understand what's happening. Um, you, you, uh, you think, I, I got it all in control. And inside, you're terrified. 
You're terrified. You're, you're chaotic on the inside. Some of us are chaotic on the outside as well. And some of you do both, right? You know, you're crazy on the inside, crazy on the outside. No show of hands, please. Um, fear not, fear not. And, and what that is, is God saying, and, and it's always, it's always uh, funny that you, you can say to someone, you, you need to calm down. And for most of us, when people tell us to calm down, uh, it doesn't calm us down, right? Uh, chill out. I don't want, you know, you chill out. You know, it's not, it's not a calming. But, but, but what God says is don't fear, and I have a reason for it. I have a good reason. And he's going to explain why we are not to fear. And this reason comes up over and over in these 100 verses that I'm telling you about that we would not fear There's reason not to fear. And what is it? Uh, He says, fear not. I'm with you. I'm with you. Oh. Oh. And I'm with you. What does it say? Uh, For I'm with you. Be not dismayed. That same crazy feeling. Why? For I am your God. I'm your God. Your God is with you. If you have a relationship with him, you are not alone. Uh, most of the time, we, uh, when we're freaking out, we, we do this thing. We check our resources, right? If we get a bill that's too large, what do we do? I check my resources. I don't have enough for this. I can't do it. Or maybe uh, you, you get uh, attacked and, and you look at your resources. I'm not strong enough uh, to uh, stand up against this attack. Maybe it's uh, other things. Frightened. I don't know what it is. I can't see it. I don't understand it. God's saying, it's okay. It's okay. Why? I'm with you, and I have a relationship with you. I'm your God. I I look at this passage and this this concept that's throughout the scripture is that we are not to uh, um, not be fearful because we have it all under control, that we have enough money, that we have enough resources, that we understand what's going on, that that we can tell what the days ahead. None of that is what we're talking about here. What we're talking about, we don't fear because we have a relationship with him. He's with us. It says this too, it goes on to say, I will strengthen you. In your weakness, I will be the one that will be uh, strong for you. I will give you the strength that you need for the battle. And, And this idea, too, that God says... I will uphold you. I will uphold you. I will be the one. And and it's like this. God says, don't worry about the future. It'll depend on me. It'll depend on me, not you. Uh, And you say, I don't have enough. He says, that's okay. It'll depend on me, not you. That's why you're not to fear. I have to walk myself through this all the time. I have to go back to what God has said, not what Kevin thinks all the time. Fear not. Why? Because it will depend on my God being strong enough, not that Kevin is strong enough. Number two, John three sixteen. I think you all know this. Um, God loves you. God loves you. And, and how do you know that? How do you know that? The Bible tells me so. Sorry about that. 
rough enough hearing singing, but acapella singing, now that's rough. God's word, the, the verse that uh, the world has clinged to you is that God says that he loves us. He loves us. Why? How do we know that? Um, many times we've questioned the love of others. We've questioned, you know, people have said, oh, I love you. And you're like, yeah, I don't know if you do. I don't really know it. And you can ask God, you can ask him very specifically, God, I know that if I knew that I was loved by you, that could really get me through the day. And that, that, that would be more important than anything else. But how do I know that you love me? And he says it right there. Love the world so much that he gave that special son, his one, one and only son, the, the, the one that was different from all others. The one of infinite worth for us, for sinners like us. You've you got to work yourself through that. Um, th- this idea that, that says, well, nobody cares about me. I'm uh, alone and forgotten. Um, I even think about God. And doesn't he see me? Does he not, does he not come to Tehachapi? Can he not, does he not know where it is? I'll tell you, he knows where it is. He loves his people, those who have trusted in him. And, and look at that. God loves me. Why? Because he gave. He gave his son. For what reason? For what purpose? For my eternal life. <laughs> he's given me the, the gift. Uh, he's loved me so much that he gave me his son that I might have life eternal. Uh, one of the things, and I, I got to go over this. I don't know how I'm going to do it in the next two, three weeks. You know what the big question is? The, the reason we're so crazy in our world right now? I know it. We're afraid to die. We're afraid to die. Well, what happens? What happens if I get sick? I don't know. What does happen if you get sick? Well, you know, people die. Yeah, I know people die. Well, if I get this disease and I get sick, I might die. And if I die, it'll all be over. And it'll be terrible. It'll be terrible. And, and you look at the scriptures and, and you see so much comfort, not just for this life, but in death. And not just the, in the idea of e- eternal life. There's, there's great hope in that. But there's also hope in death, the actual event in death and confidence in death. And so I think I need to talk about this in the next couple of weeks. So I don't know when that's coming, but look for it, okay? Um, maybe I'll just send out a letter or go on Facebook Live, be a movie star. Um, death. Where was I, what was I talking about? Comfort, knowing that God loves us. God's word. Brings me to number three. Psalm 4211, Psalm 4211. Uh, and Psalm 4211 is uh, 40, chapter 42 of Psalms and 43 talk about this same concept throughout. It's, it, it's a reoccurring, it's almost, um, you know, uh, a chant or the same answer over and over again. And I think it's repeated because that's the way our mind works. How many of you have to say the same thing over and over again to yourself? 
you know, uh, kids, if you're here right now and, uh, you realize that your parents tell you the same thing over and over again, they just say the same thing over and over again. You say, you've already told me that. And what do they say when, well, then why aren't you obeying? Be comforted by this kids. Your parents do the same thing to themselves. They say the same things over and over again to themselves because they can't get it either. Psalm 42, 11 says this. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Um, there's discouragement of the heart. There's discouragement inside. Uh, there's a lack of hope sometimes inside. There's uh, the idea of downcast or your countenance is falling. And, and when your face falls, like when you, when I don't say your face falls on the ground, but like it, it just looks sad. That's true that, of what's going on inside. Your face reveals what your heart is. I, sometimes you can fake it, but uh, most of the time it, it reveals what's going on inside. And so the psalmist is having this conversation and he's saying to himself, why are you discouraged? Why? Why would you be discouraged? Um, and, and he says, he tells himself, he first asks the question, why would you be discouraged? And then he says, I want to give you the remedy, hope in God, hope in God. Discouragement, depression, if you will, you know what that is? Uh, some people want to say it's just a chemical thing or it's just uh, a situation thing. And if you can change the chemicals or you can change the, the situation, the depression, the discouragement will just fly away, fly away. I want to tell you the, the worst kind of discouragement and depression are the things that are based on the truth, what's going on right now, right? Um, and I, I just want to tell you that the, the piece that's missing, and, and maybe this deserves to be unpacked and you need to think about this more and I need to think about this more. Why am I discouraged? What, what brings about discouragement? It's we've forgotten God. It, it, it's we've done a math problem that doesn't include him. Uh, we, we've looked at it and we say, although there's this situation and this, this is my resources and this is how strong and courageous I am, and, which equals, ooh, I don't like that. And so there's reason to be discouraged and depressed. And I want to tell you that this is very important. It's forgetting God. It's forgetting him. It's forgetting to apply him to the situation. For, for the psalmist, as he struggled, as we struggle, be honest, we struggle, the same answer is for us, hope in God, hope in God. Um, factoring him in. Um, why do our hopes get dashed? Well, we've placed them in things that we can't trust in. You know, we can't trust them. Your hope is, you know, your health. Well, that might go bye-bye. If, if your hope is in your health, uh, you know, uh, and that goes away, then your hope will go away, right? If it's in your finances, it'll go away. 
Some of you, it's in your plans, right? You had this great plan. Some of you students here today, you had this great plan. You, you're going to have a great junior, senior year, whatever it was, and they decided to not do school, and so you, you bought your, your dress for the prom that you never went to, and uh, you, you wanted to have this great graduation, and they gave you two seconds on the internet. You know, like, you had great plans. and they, it, So if you put all your hope in your plans, what's going to happen? If they get dashed, so, do you, so does your hope. He says, hope in God. Never get dashed. It will never get dashed. Because he is constant and he, his promises go beyond the things down here. Hope in God. Um, it says the reason he's hoping in God here is because God is his salvation. And once again, that personal relationship that his, he's his God. Uh, number four, Colossians 3, verse 2. Colossians 3, verse 2. It says this, Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things of earth. What that is, that's purposeful mind placement. Um, how... You know that thing that happens to you when you dawn on, like you're, you're thinking about things and it's not going very well. Uh, you're not thinking very well and it's, you feel your blood pressure, pressure rising and, and you're starting to get agitated with everyone around you because you're thinking uh, of, about all these things. What should you do? Some of you think this right away. Ah, I need to do something else. That's the right answer, by the way. Uh, you need to focus on something else. And so you say, I, I need to go do something, be busy with something. And so some of you go play Sudoku or something like that, right? Uh, I, I want to I encourage you. The scripture has this, this built-in idea that we take our minds, that we purposely, we're focusing on the wrong thing. It's bad for us that we crank our minds and we, we take them off whatever it's focusing on and we place it someplace else. But it's not just busy. He says, set your minds on things that are above. If you look at the context here, it's dwelling on our salvation, dwelling on what happens for the days ahead. It's, it's getting rid of the sin and focusing on that which God calls us to do. There's, there's this very deliberate thing. And I, I want to encourage you about this. Um, it's not passive. Your mind is not passive. It's not meant to be. Uh, sometimes we talk about this and we say, oh, I, I just couldn't help myself. I just kept thinking about this over and over again. I want to tell you that our mind is meant to be constrained. It's meant to be told where to go, what to think about, right? Uh, given a new topic, a new theme placed upon the word of God, set above. Um, and there's a reason for this. It goes on to talk about how temporary this, these times are, right? Uh, whatever's going on in your life right now, whatever you're concerned about, that's temporary stuff. The things of God, your life with him, your true life with him that's going to be forever, um, that is something worthy of your thoughts, worthy for your mind to be set upon. So we purposefully place our mind where it needs to go. And it's not below, but it is above it's not our hope in the things down here. 
We set our minds on things above. Number five, number five. John chapter 14, verse one. Um, the, the whole chapter uh, is, is such a great one because uh, Jesus is, is walking them through uh, how it is to navigate this life. And he starts in verse one and he says this, uh, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, believe in God, believe also in me. And then he goes on to talk about what's going to happen. He's going to go, he's going to go and he's going to prepare a place. And, and, and you look at that and, and the disciples are kind of freaking out and they say, well, where are you going? What's going to happen? How do I get there? All these things. And Jesus tells them, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, I'll show you how to get there. But I, I want you to get, if you look at the whole context, you know what it is? It's the plan of God. It's that he is working out his plan. As we look to, to the scriptures, uh, the reason we are not troubled by the events of this life is because we're trusting in the plan of God. That, that we don't look at the plan of man. We don't concern ourselves with nations and governments. And uh, Why? Because they, they will come and go. And at best, at best, they play into the plan of God. And most of the time they're fighting against it and God uses them anyways, right? But know this, that we're not, uh, we don't feel confident and great and calm because ah, the right government's in, you know, got a new governor or president or, ah, we live in Kern County, not in LA County, right? Tatchby Unified, not LA Unified, right? Uh, we, we look at these things and we say, that's, the reason our hearts are not troubled is because God is working out his plan. And he knows what he's doing. And he's going to bring all these things to fruition according to his own power and grace and because he loves us. We are not troubled. We are not troubled. We trust in the plan of the Father worked out in his Son, given the power by the Holy Spirit. Which brings us to number six, Second uh, Peter chapter three. Um. Second Peter chapter three, great passage if you want to think through uh, how to keep perspective on our past history and how that impacts the days ahead. What's going on? What, what's God doing right now? Uh, the answer is he's being patient. That's what he's doing. Uh, okay. Uh, but, but this is what it says uh, towards the end of this section. It says this, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for the hastening, the coming, the day of God, uh, because of which the heavens will be set afire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt down and burn? If you look at this, you look at this section, it, it comes to this conclusion, this day of the Lord con, uh, conclusion, and it says it's all going to burn up. It's all going to burn up. And... Uh, that is a powerful motivator and clarifier in our own hearts of what we should be doing today. And it, it says, because, because it's all going to burn, because it's all going to be dissolved and zoom, it's gone, right? 
We should be different people because of that. And if you don't know what kind of people, it generally says that through these two words, holy and godly. Our lives should be filled with holiness and godliness. It should be directed and marked by us living holy lives and godly lives that, that, that would follow after our God. It would be marked by him. Sometimes we get the complete opposite uh, idea. And what I mean by that is this, that if it's all going to burn, who cares what I act like today? Who cares the way I talk? Who cares what I fill my day with? If it's all going to burn, who cares? Uh, There's this reckless abandon to all kinds of sins. You know, party it up. This might be the last day. No, that's the complete different picture of what God states in his word. That if it's all going to burn, that we should walk with him in holiness and godliness today. That's really the only thing that matters if it's all going to burn. Holiness and godliness. Number seven. Number seven. This is one of those passages that always gets me, always uh, is really a conclusion for me is this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. This always gets me, and I, I, I have thought about this since I was in college, just how, what are we just supposed to be doing? And how do, you know, the days ahead mean something uh, if things are getting worse and showing themselves to be closer to the day of the Lord's return? This is what the word of God says. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Uh, What should we be doing now? Two things, encouraging each other, and meeting together. I, I, I struggle with this passage. I don't know if you've thought about it in these last uh, four and a half months. Um, some, some people say, uh, real quickly, pastors would say, we're commanded to meet together. It's right there. Meeting together. It's a commandment. And yet, I, I really don't look at it as a commandment. I look at it as a, a, a critical activity. I like that word critical. Um, I want you to get this because I think it's so important for us to see. We, we met here this morning out in the parking lot. It's kind of fun, actually. I don't know. Some of you think it's fun. Some, how many of you think it's fun being out here? I love it. Love it. Uh, I dream of having an amphitheater that seats a thousand people. <laughs> the only joke about that is the thousand people. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I love being outside. Uh, maybe uh, not in December, but like, you know, today it's great to be outside. Why are we out here? Uh, I don't know if some of you noticed, but we, we bought two more canopies this week. You know, uh, we're going to get this down by October. We're going to have this all figured out. Uh, uh, maybe the next thing we're going to start buying is heaters. I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> Then we'll asphyxiate ourselves and, you know. Anyways, um, what are we doing? You understand why we're doing this, right? 
Because we, you know, I think it's funny, the word essential, right? I, I made a joke about that earlier. You know, we've, we've separated. You people are important and we need you. And you, you could stay home. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll ride the bench for these, you know. Uh, we, we separate those two, right? Um, and the church got separated, right? They said, no, nah, we don't really need to do that. Um, some of you wonder, uh, why, why did our kids go to camp two weeks ago? I want to tell you, uh, I want to tell you, we felt the risk was worth it. It was a risk. Everything's a risk, by the way, right? You risked it to come here this morning. Uh, the, the, the bad things could happen here this morning. Bad things could be happening on the road on the way home. You know, some of you are worried already. You're like, what's supposed to be happening on the road right now? Uh, you know, uh, getting out of bed in the morning for some of you is a risk, right? Uh, I, I want to tell you that there are risks involved in everything, but that we didn't, we didn't think it was just essential for, for our kids. You know, we felt like it was critical, critical. And, and, and this idea of uh, we can be church without being together, I don't buy it. Kind of caught me off guard a little bit, to be honest with you. I was kind of sleeping in March, and I was going, oh, yeah, 21 days, no big deal. I'm in, <laughs> you know. Wait, another 21? Maybe I'm not in. You know, oh, I guess I already started. Yeah, we can do live stream. Can we? <laughs> you know, bought a camera. Um, but, but, but this idea that says that encouraging each other and meeting together is a command. I think it's much more than that. It's, it's critical for us. And, and there's, there's, there's an important point in this verse that I hope you catch. And it says, all the more as you see the day drawing near. We have really two things in this passage that we're supposed to be doing. Encouraging one another and meeting together. And we should be doing that more as we see the day drawing near. Some of you uh, have uh, been, your interest has been piqued in end times events. Mine as well. And if we see things happening, whether it's in, gonna happen in five minutes or five years, I don't know. But, but what should we be doing? What should we be doing? More encouragement and more meeting together. That's what we should be doing. And so this isn't, this isn't optional. This isn't a good idea. This isn't even essential. It's critical. It's critical for God's people. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this time. We pray that we are encouraged by your word. Um, we, we realize your word is encouraging. Sometimes our hearts are dull to hear it. God, I ask that you just continue to do your work in us. God, we realize that we don't need anything more dramatic than your work in us, which there's nothing greater. God, we do ask uh, that you would teach us more, that you would draw us to yourself, that you would, even as it says in Second uh, Peter chapter 1, uh, that we would have the more knowledge of you, that we would know you better that we would trust you more. We've talked about hope and uh, not fearing and God, all those things are related to us trusting in you and knowing you. God, I ask your protection over uh, these people's hearts, our hearts here as we gather as your church. 
God, we, um, in, in many ways, we struggle with that whole idea of harnessing our minds and fixing our minds on that which matters, uh, of setting our minds in the right place as opposed to letting it drift to the wrong place. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for speaking to us in your word. May we glorify you this week in Jesus' name. Amen.